Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. Hello, Dr. Rhoda here from Five to Thrive. How's everybody doing? Are you doing all right during this time of isolation? Like so many of you, I am also working remotely from home. The college that Professor Marty and I serve at has moved all of our learning to remote education online and our governor has issued a safer at home order. We're not supposed to go out unless it's absolutely essential. So I think, believe I'm on day seven today of being isolated indoors. Um, I mean, I take my dog out, but pretty much staying home, not being around people. So this is challenging for all of us, but for those of us who are single and live alone, the isolation can become a significant challenge. I know many of our teachers that listen to this podcast are single, and I have many strategies to manage my brain, and I'm really having to work at this. So I wanted to share some tips on the brain, and I believe this is going to be helpful for everyone, but please, if you know someone who is living alone at this time of isolation, please make sure you share this with them if you think it would be helpful for them. We'd be grateful. So connection during isolation is so important. As human beings, we survive. We literally survive by being part of a group of people. People do not do well when isolated. There are many, many studies that support this. So how do we stay connected during times of isolation and potential loneliness? I have five tips for you today on how to manage your mind and how to manage your time during this isolation experience. So tip number one, routine. Set a daily routine and do your best to stick to it. Wake up, have a devotional time to feed your spirit, exercise, cook meals, have a time set aside during the day to do the things that are important to you. Uh, I'm working from home. I'll be connecting with my students later on today. I have several Zoom meetings set up for the day. Take a shower every day, get dressed. I mean, it's okay to have a pajama day once in a while on occasion, but it's probably not very helpful to have a pajama day every day. So uh, I personally, I put on perfume every day. It dawned on me the other day that like, why are you putting on perfume? Nobody can smell it, but I enjoy it. And so it's part of my routine. Make a to-do list for the items you wanna complete today, whether that includes working from home, reading the next chapter in the book you're reading right now, going for a walk, or cleaning out a closet. Our brain likes to have a target, a goal, something to work toward, to ponder, to consider. Tip number two, really be intentional about managing your thoughts. This is a really big one, ladies and gentlemen. Without thoughts, you can't have fear. Without thoughts, you can't have love. Without thoughts, you can't have anxiousness. Without thoughts, you can't have compassion. Our thoughts lead us to have emotions. Every feeling you have ever felt began with a thought. So here's something to think about. Remember hearing about the college kids at the beach during their spring break this week? Or I'm sorry, last week. This, this really hit me in the news when I thought, I thought this is a great way to show the evidence of this. As the world and the authorities were warning everyone to maintain social distancing for fear of spreading this virus that we know very little about, these young people were at the beach partying. Uh, they were experiencing a circumstance, but they were not thinking about it in a negative way. They were thinking they were invincible. I'm young, I'm healthy, I'm not gonna see my grandparents in the next few weeks. What's the problem? This is my time to have fun, it's fine. And that led to their emotions of being happy and having a good time and partying. The authorities and others, however, were looking at this and thinking how reckless, how irresponsible. They can spread this to someone on the plane next to them on the way home or at their hotel, or you know they can carry it back to their state, or they can spread it to someone who has a compromised immune system. This is so irresponsible. And those people were very upset about it. The exact same circumstance was happening. This virus that we know very little about. 
how they thought about it led to their emotions. One group was partying and having fun. One group was very nervous and angry and upset. Every emotion you have works this way. This is why we need to be extra vigilant about what we're exposing our brains to at this time, especially with the news, the media. Our brains are designed to be on alert for danger. Our stress response is what keeps us alive. This is a good thing. We are constantly scanning to see if anything could be dangerous to us. And when we see danger, our body naturally goes into a stress response. Like this is good. We're supposed to feel stress when our life is in danger. But here's where it gets tricky. Sometimes we can feel stress often and our life isn't in, in danger. Then it's very unhealthy. The job of the news is to startle us. News agencies survive by having good ratings. The more sensational they can make a story, the more people tune into it. That's their job. They're not evil. They're doing what, what they get paid to do. That's their job. But as we tune into a 24-7 news cycle, and as we constantly see alarming posts, our system stays in a stress response. And this is very, very unhealthy. An event may happen one time, but we hear about it 10 times. And our body is stressed 10 times. And this happens day after day after day. And what's really amazing is we're not in danger at all. Our life is not threatened. We are sitting in the comfort of our home completely 100% safe. And we're feeling very, very stressed, like we have to do something special to survive. I enjoy watching the news. I could very easily be a news junkie. But I'm going to encourage you, and I'm, it's a note to myself too, to limit my time watching the news. Listen to the headlines a few times a day. Learn what I need to know. I don't want to be ignorant. I want to know what's going on. But to watch it all day, every day, it's not going to serve me any positive purpose. So I need to figure out what's going on and then let it go and go about my life in a productive way. It's very easy for your brain to get addicted to high-risk things. And the news right now feels really high-risk. So if you don't limit your access to news, you're basically allowing a company who gets paid to startle you to have control over your brain and your body and your stress response system. So just I'd encourage you to just limit your news feeds. And also... Very good practice for every half hour that you spend watching scary and startling news. Spend at least that much time feeding your mind with good things. Do a daily devotion. Listen to a podcast that teaches you something new. Share some new insights. Helps you do some critical thinking. Read a good book. Philippians 4 tells us whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And then it goes on to say... And the God of peace will be with you. You want to have peace? Think about what's true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable. That's where peace comes from. Second Corinthians tells us to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. You have control over the thoughts that you allow to linger in your mind. Take those thoughts captive. Let them be thoughts that serve you. Tip number three. Spend this time, you have a little extra time right now if you're like most of us, spend this time to nourish your spirit and nurture your faith. Gratitude is so very important. We all long to feel joy. Galatians 5 tells us that as we spend time connected to the word, the fruit of the faith, the byproduct of that connection, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is what we all long for. This is what society is looking for desperately and oftentimes not finding. And we know where to find it. As we stay connected to the word, that is the byproduct. That's what happens. So if we want to feel joy, we stay connected to the word. And we find things to be grateful for. Research tells us it's not joy that makes us grateful. 
It's gratitude that makes us joyful. So if you can think of those things right now that you're grateful for, do you have people with you during this time of isolation to spend time with people that you love? Do you have pets that you love that can keep you company during this time? Do you have friends that you can call on the phone? Do you have clear water that you can drink when you go to your faucet? Were you able to get up and walk across the room this morning? Were you able to hear the birds chirping as the sun came up? All of these are beautiful things to be grateful for. And the more we can be grateful for these things, the more joy we're going to experience. Right now, someone is praying for something I'm taking for granted. So how do I not take my blessings for granted? How do I look for things to be grateful for? That's where joy can really increase, which is such a part of nurturing our spirit and nurturing our faith. Tip number four to help you thrive. Do novel things. Your brain likes to be busy. And oftentimes it really likes to be busy fretting about things and worrying. So what we can do instead of that is to give it time to learn something new, to do something new. So learn a new instrument. You know, you can buy a harmonica online for $5 and they'll deliver it to your door along with a book that teaches you how to play it. You can download a keyboard on your iPad and learn the basics of the scales, or you can do it on your phone also and learn like the basics of music. Remember that guitar you bought several years ago and you might have had a lesson you might not have, but you never really learned how to play it. You can learn the basics of almost any instrument on YouTube. There's a video for that. You can learn a new language. Again, free online instruction for that. You can learn how to paint. You can learn drawing, sketching from different perspectives. You can escape in a book. I love the quote, reading gives us somewhere to go when we need to stay right where we are. Think about that. Has there ever been a better time to read? Let me say that again. Reading gives us somewhere to go when we need to stay right where we are. You can go online and join your library, local library, and download thousands and thousands and thousands of books. They're right at your fingertips, absolutely free. You can travel to distant lands, go on safari, take a trip on a boat down a river in China, or even the Mississippi. Step back in time, or you can step forward in time. You can learn a new skill. It's all found in books. You can play games with people. You can play games with people online. A friend the other day sent me an invitation to the app House Party. And as we were playing those games, we laughed so hard. It was hysterical. So play some games with people online. Words with friends, house party, some of those fun things. FaceTime people. Try to connect or Zoom. See their face. Call that aunt that you haven't talked to in a long time. Do chores around the house. This is a perfect time for cleaning out the closets, spring cleaning, wash and wax your car. Have any of you seen the show Tidying Up? Uh, great show. She encourages us that when we clean out a closet or drawer or cabinet, we're supposed to take absolutely everything out. Empty it out completely. And then carefully and intentionally only load the things back in that bring you a sense of joy and that have purpose in your life. Now, I was thinking about this the other day with journaling. This is basically what journaling can serve as. A function as is like spring cleaning for your brain. You get all kinds of crazy thoughts in your mind. Things that don't make sense or thoughts that aren't serving you. Things that are causing you anxiousness or worry or doubt or fear. We can journal and write all of that stuff out. That's like taking everything out of the closet. Let's just unload the closet, put all these crazy thoughts, all these things down on paper. And then as we journal and be grateful for things and think on what is good and what is positive and what is pure and what is noble, we can load the things that serve us well, load the things that bring us joy, load the things that have a direct purpose back into our brain. We can spring clean our brain during this time. Great time for that. And finally, tip number five, Please do everything you can at this time to eat healthy and exercise. It's so easy without even thinking about it just to keep eating or drinking when we're bored or 
maybe even more so when we're lonely. Liquor sales have gone through the roof during this time period. So we need to do our very best to put healthy food into our body, especially during times of stress and to keep moving. I'm so grateful for my dog for this. I have a 16 year old beagle. Her name is Kipper. Uh, You may be able to hear her snoring in the background right now. She sleeps a lot these days. Uh, But I think my very favorite thing to do in life, I think my absolute very favorite thing is to walk with Kipper along the lakefront. I live here in Wisconsin on the shore of Lake Michigan and we go out there and walk every day. I added up, uh, Kipper and I have walked over 10,000 miles together. And I believe it does even more for my mental health than it does for my physical health. So whether you have a dog or not, take yourself for a walk every day if you're able to. Get out there and get moving. I know that the, the gym here at my condo is closed. The gym at the college is closed. The gym down the street is closed. But I can still do exercise here in my home. I really enjoy a site, a channel on YouTube called Yoga with Adrian. She's fantastic. There's high intensity training, lots of different things that you can do. And you can even find videos for that online. Cook a nice dinner. Uh, set the table. Drink a glass of wine. Turn on some wonderful music and enjoy a great meal all by yourself. I have found that the only time I'm lonely is when I'm not enjoying my own company. So do what you can to enjoy this time with yourself, with God. Refresh, renew, nourish yourself so that when the time comes, you can head back out into the world and continue to thrive in that capacity as well. Our goal at Five to Thrive is to equip parents and educators to help young people thrive. So our five tips for you to consider this week to help you and those around you thrive. Number one, set a routine and try to follow it. Number two, manage your thoughts and limit the bad news you expose your body to. Number three, do things that nourish your spirit. Number four, learn something new. Number five, try to eat healthy and keep moving. I hope this has been helpful for you, whether you live alone or you're sharing your broadband with five other people. (laughs) And that may be proving its own challenges. We should probably have Professor Marty create a post on that because that's what he's experiencing experiencing right now. But again, if you know someone who is single, please do share this, uh, this in particular, this podcast with them. I'm very grateful for you. God be with you. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.